You are now listening to Unsolved Mysteries and Cold Cases. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, your guide into the shadowy depths of the unresolved, the enigmatic, and the chilling. Each episode, we'll delve into baffling disappearances, unsolved crimes, and tales that have slipped through the cracks of time and memory. Through interviews, expert analysis, and meticulous investigation, we'll attempt to piece together the puzzles that have perplexed minds for years. So, if you have a curious heart and a mind unafraid of the shadows, join me in unraveling the enigmas that refuse to be forgotten and give voice to the silent tales hidden within the folds of history. In the quiet, rustic landscape of Northern California, nestled amidst towering pines and beautiful mountains, is the small town of Keddy. Renowned for its serene natural beauty and tranquil ambience, this sleepy town harbors a chilling secret that casts a dark, unnerving shadow over its picturesque setting a grisly unsolved quadruple murder case that has baffled investigators for decades. On the chilly morning of April 12, 1981, a disturbing discovery was made that shook Keddy to its core and forever tainted its idyllic reputation. In cabin 28 of the Keddy Resort, a ghastly scene unfolded. The bodies of Sue Sharp, her two children John and Dana, and John's friend Dana Wingate, were found brutally murdered. The shocking discovery sent waves of fear and bewilderment through the tight-knit community. Even more unnerving was the inexplicable fact that three younger children, who were in the very same cabin, remained untouched by the malevolent perpetrator and seemed to sleep through the brutal attack. In stark contrast to the gruesome violence inflicted upon the victims, the tranquil calm of Keddy Resort seemed untouched, no screams had pierced the stillness of the night, and no frantic calls for help had been made. The dark events of that fateful night went unnoticed by neighboring cabins, adding to the enigma of a mystery that continues to baffle and intrigue to this day. This unsolved crime is not just a tale of murder and mystery, it's a haunting narrative of a family torn apart a community forever scarred, and an enduring quest for justice. It's a complex puzzle with missing pieces, unexplained evidence, and chilling theories. It is the story of the Kenny Cabin murders, a case that continues to captivate, confound, and compel those who delve into its chilling depths. Chapter 1. Introduction to the Kenny Cabin Murders Kenny, a quaint, tranquil resort town nestled in the lap of Northern California's breathtaking wilderness, is home to the infamous Cabin 28. Once an idyllic escape for vacationing families, this humble structure, surrounded by lofty pines and the peaceful sounds of nature, would soon transform into the epicenter of a nightmarish event that continues to haunt the annals of American crime history. In the early days of April 1981, Cabin 28 was occupied by the Sharp family. The matriarch, Sue, was a strong, determined woman who had moved to Keddy after escaping an abusive marriage. Her children, John, Dana, Dana Wingate, and three younger siblings, looked at their new home as a safe haven, a place of comfort and security. However, as the first week of April rolled into the second, the veil of safety and tranquility surrounding Cabin 28 would be horrifically shattered. The morning sun of April 12th rose not to the harmonious sounds of birdsong but to a chilling silence that fell over the Sharps' residence. On this fateful day, 
the three younger sharp children and their friend, who had spent the night in the adjacent room, awoke not to their usual breakfast chatter but to a scene of unimaginable horror. In the main living area of the cabin lay the lifeless bodies of Sue, John, Dana, and John's friend, Dana Wingate. Their last moments were not peaceful ones, as evidenced by the brutal manner of their deaths a shocking testament to the unspeakable violence they had been subjected to. As the news of this gruesome discovery spread through the quiet streets of Keddie, the town's peaceful facade gave way to a grim reality. The once lively Cabin 28 stood eerily silent, its blood-stained walls and the chilling tableau within telling a silent story of a night filled with terror. Amidst the tranquil beauty of Keddie, Cabin 28 had unwillingly morphed into a grisly stage of a crime that would become one of the most puzzling unsolved murder mysteries in the country. The horrifying discovery at Cabin 28 sent ripples of shock and terror through the heart of Keddie. As the Plumas County Sheriff's Office rushed to the crime scene, the otherwise quiet Sunday morning broke into a flurry of panic and confusion. Sheriff Doug Thomas, a respected figure known for his cool-headedness, found himself staring at a gruesome scene that would sear into his memory. Each step taken by the investigators echoed a stark contrast to the warm, inviting character of the resort. The home that once buzzed with the lively chatter of the Sharp family stood cloaked in an eerie stillness, its silence whispering chilling tales of the nightmare that unfolded the previous night. Across town, word of the unspeakable tragedy spread like wildfire. The streets were alive with hushed whispers and frightened glances. Parents held their children a bit tighter, and neighbors looked at each other with fear and suspicion. For a community that thrived on friendship and trust, the horrific events of that morning cast a somber shadow over their sense of safety and unity. Meanwhile, Sheila Sharp, Sue's eldest daughter, was grappling with the horrifying reality of her family's fate. Having spent the previous night at a friend's house, she returned home to find her world irrevocably shattered. Amid her unbearable grief, she also had to protect and comfort her three younger siblings, who had eerily slept through the horrific massacre. In the following days, the once tranquil Kenny transformed into a landscape of dread and uncertainty. Cabin 28, now a chilling monument to the horrifying crime, remained under the scrutiny of the investigators as they embarked on a daunting journey to untangle the complicated web of the Kenny Cabin murders. As the sun dipped below the horizon in Keddy, casting long, haunting shadows around Cabin 28, Sheriff Doug Thomas and his team delved deeper into the enigmatic case. Amidst the lingering scent of fear and unanswered questions, one chilling fact stood out the unnoticed presence of three young children within the same walls where the heinous crime had been committed. Three sharp boys, Greg and Rick, and their friend Justin, had apparently slept undisturbed through the nightmarish ordeal. Their separate room, a mere feet away from the macabre scene, bore no signs of intrusion or struggle. It was as if an invisible barrier had shielded them from the onslaught of violence that had consumed the rest of the cabin. On one hand, there was relief that the children had been spared. Yet, the puzzling question loomed, how had such a violent act gone unnoticed by the young boys? Their deep sleep seemed eerily incongruent with the brutality that had occurred within the same walls. The surviving children, too young to comprehend the magnitude of the tragedy, 
became central figures in the ongoing investigation. Dealing with their fragile emotions while seeking answers was a delicate tightrope walk for the Plumas County Sheriff's Office. Investigators tried to glean whatever information they could from their muddled accounts, hoping to find some clue hidden in their subconscious memories of that dreadful night. Simultaneously, investigators sought to understand how the perpetrator had remained unseen and undetected, not only by the boys, but also by the neighboring residents of the resort. How had the crime occurred in such apparent silence? The answers remained elusive, adding another perplexing layer to the Kenny Cabin murder's growing mystique. As the community struggled to grasp the chilling reality of the gruesome massacre, the disturbing enigma of the unknown and unseen festered, casting an ominous shroud over Cabin 28, deepening the mystery that clung to every inch of its blood-stained walls. Chapter 2 An In-Depth Look at the Mystery the mystery of Cabin 28 began to weave a complex web as investigators tried to piece together the fragmented jigsaw of evidence left at the crime scene. Officer Hank Clement, a seasoned detective with the Plumas County Sheriff's Office, found himself spearheading the investigation. The gruesome scene inside the cabin would turn out to be a confounding mix of the expected and the inexplicable. As Clement led his team through the grisly tableau, they first noticed the unmistakable signs of a brutal struggle. Furniture was overturned, hinting at resistance from the victims. Yet, a chilling discord arose as they noted an absence of forced entry, indicating the victims might have known their assailant. They then discovered a piece of medical tape, an unusual item not typically found in household settings. Its presence hinted at a calculated, chilling coldness underlying the brutal crime. Adding to the confusion was the discovery of a blood-soaked piece of cloth that had been used to gag one of the victims. The unsettling array of items presented an eerie mosaic, suggesting an attacker who was both ruthless and oddly meticulous. One of the most baffling findings was the presence of multiple weapons at the crime scene. Two bloody knives and a hammer hinted at the savagery unleashed on the victims. Strangely, a bloodied rifle was also found suggesting a fourth weapon, yet there were no bullet wounds on the victims. This raised intriguing questions about the motives and methods of the perpetrator. The mystery deepened when an unidentified fingerprint was found amidst the mayhem. It was a significant lead, yet it failed to match any suspects or known contacts of the Sharp family. The fingerprint became a phantom clue, hanging in the evidence file, taunting investigators with its elusive origins. Piece by piece, the evidence from the Kenny Cabin murders unfolded a narrative filled with chilling violence, calculated precision, and baffling contradictions. The more Officer Clement and his team tried to unravel the mystery, the more tangled it seemed to become. The narrative spun by the evidence defied understanding, leaving a chilling echo of questions in its wake, adding to the pervasive enigma of Cabin 28. In the midst of the horrific chaos that engulfed the Sharp family, the seemingly miraculous survival of the three younger boys added an unusual dimension to the case. Their untouched presence in the cabin turned their story into a crucial component of the investigation. Under the gentle guidance of Detective Mike Krim, the Plumas County Sheriff's Office began to delve into the recollections of the surviving children. Rick and Greg Sharp, the youngest of Sue Sharp's children, 
could offer little in terms of concrete information. Their night had been filled with the innocent dreams of childhood, untouched by the nightmare that unfolded mere feet away. The apparent normality of their morning, marked by cartoons and breakfast cereal, was a stark contrast to the scene that had been discovered in the adjacent room. Justin, their friend, an overnight guest, presented a different and far more complex narrative. Justin's initial account of the night was fragmented and unclear, as if blurred by the haze of a bad dream. However, under hypnosis, his memories took on a disturbing clarity. His account painted a horrifying picture of two men, one with long hair and glasses, the other with short hair and a mustache, attacking Sue and the others. His recollection was vivid but not entirely consistent, adding yet another layer of complexity to the unraveling narrative of that fateful night. Sheila Sharp, the eldest daughter who had fortunately spent the night at a friend's house, found herself navigating a world that had suddenly become alien and terrifying. Amid her grief, she became a pillar of strength for her younger siblings, holding on to the memories of her family and nurturing the hope of justice for them. The survivors' stories, while fragmented and clouded by trauma and time, held the potential for clues to unlock the mystery of that night. Detective Krim remained committed to threading together their accounts, hoping that somewhere within their words lay the key to the chilling enigma of Cabin 28. As the grisly events at Cabin 28 unfolded, a horrifying realization dawned upon the Plumas County Sheriff's Office two young girls from the Sharp household were missing. Sheila, the eldest, had thankfully been away at a sleepover, but the whereabouts of her two younger sisters, Dana and Dana Wingate, remained unknown. Sheriff Doug Thomas, already neck deep in the baffling murder investigation, now found himself faced with a daunting task locating the two missing girls. The community rallied, as volunteers and law enforcement combed the surrounding wilderness, hoping against hope to find them safe. The palpable tension in the air grew denser as hours turned into days. The usually serene landscapes of Keddy seemed to hold their breath, awaiting the fate of the missing girls. As the search expanded, the eerily quiet forests echoed the fears and prayers of the townsfolk, each silent whisper clinging to the hope of the girls' safe return. Just when despair was on the brink of engulfing Keddie, a glimmer of hope pierced through. Three days into the investigation, the two girls were found, alive and unharmed. Their discovery was met with a collective sigh of relief, yet their ordeal cast another shadow over the already perplexing case. The girls' account of their strange and sudden departure from the cabin on the night of the murders provided investigators with yet another puzzle piece. Their recount of an unexpected road trip, initiated by an unknown companion, took the investigators down a new path of inquiry. The safe return of Dana and Dana Wingate was indeed a ray of hope amidst the despair of the Kenny Cabin murders. Their stories, while not shedding light directly on the murders, added another intriguing facet to the ongoing investigation. Amidst the swirling storm of fear, confusion, and loss, their safe return was a beacon of resilience, a testament to the enduring spirit of Keddie, and a reminder that hope, however faint, was never entirely lost. Chapter 3 The Intrigue Behind the Kenny Murders One of the most perplexing aspects of the Kenny Cabin murders was the jarring absence of reliable witnesses.
This mystery was not unfolding in a secluded location. Cabin 28 was located in a bustling resort, surrounded by other cabins, many of them occupied on the night of the murders. Yet, no one seemed to have seen or heard anything unusual. Sheriff Doug Thomas found himself grappling with this baffling silence. He struggled to understand how such a brutal crime could occur in a populated area without attracting any attention. A prevailing theory suggested that the dense woodland might have muffled the sounds of the crime, yet the proximity of the neighboring cabins made the absence of witnesses perplexing. Investigators went from door to door, seeking any shred of information. Most of the residents were left in shock, their peaceful resort town having morphed into a horrifying crime scene overnight. Some spoke of dogs barking in the night, while others recounted vague sounds that they had dismissed as wildlife. This lack of concrete eyewitness accounts became a massive roadblock for the investigators. Each interview seemed to lead them back to where they had started, with more questions than answers. In the eye of this storm was the Seabolt family the closest neighbors to the Sharp family. They lived mere steps away from Cabin 28 but had heard nothing unusual. Their home, so close yet oblivious to the horror that had transpired, stood as a baffling testament to the eerie silence that had cloaked the heinous crime. The absence of witnesses was a haunting enigma in the chilling saga of the Kenny Cabin murders. The peaceful silence of the Kenny Resort had been shattered that fateful night but the secrets it held remained locked away, leaving behind only whispers of the unspeakable terror that had unfolded within Cabin 28. In the heart of the blood-stained living room of Cabin 28, amidst the remnants of a horrifying struggle, sat an ordinary object whose silence had a chilling tale to tell the Sharp family's telephone. Detective Mike Krim, who had become intimately familiar with every detail of the crime scene, found himself drawn to the unsettling quiet of this seemingly inconsequential device. The telephone was a mundane part of the Sharp family's daily life, a lifeline to the outside world. On the night of the murders, it had remained eerily silent. No desperate calls for help had been made, no frantic pleas had echoed through the line. It sat untouched amidst the chaos, its silence amplifying the horror of the unspeakable events that had transpired. Upon further investigation, detectives discovered that the phone cord had been neatly cut, severing the Sharp family's contact with the outside world. This detail sent a chill down the spines of investigators. The calculated nature of this act pointed towards a perpetrator who had planned their actions, adding a chilling premeditation to the horrific crime. The cut phone line also hinted at a disturbing possibility. The attacker had not only silenced the Sharp family but had also ensured that their pleas for help would never reach beyond the walls of Cabin 28. The notion of such chilling foresight added a new layer of fear to the already terrifying narrative. The silent phone became a sinister symbol in the investigation. It spoke volumes about the night's events, its stillness a chilling reminder of the lives brutally silenced and the voice that the Sharp family had been denied. Its cut cord lay bare the cold, ruthless precision of the assailant, leaving Detective Krim and his team grappling with the calculated cruelty that marked the Kenny Cabin murders. As investigators grappled with the eerie absence of witnesses and the haunting silence of the phone, they were met with yet another chilling revelation. 
Dana Wingate and John Sharp, two of the supposed victims, were nowhere to be found. Their bodies were missing from the immediate crime scene, sending shockwaves through the investigative team led by Sheriff Doug Thomas. The discovery of the three bodies in the cabin had painted a gruesome picture, yet the absence of Dana and John added a disconcerting twist to the narrative. Where were they? Had they managed to escape, or were they disposed of elsewhere by the perpetrator? The questions swirled, intensifying the sense of dread that hung over the investigation. The families and friends of the missing teens held their breath, clinging onto a sliver of hope that the duo had managed to flee and were safe somewhere, too terrified to come forward. The town of Ketty was shrouded in anxious anticipation as search efforts for the missing teens intensified. Just when the hope began to dwindle, an ominous piece of news hit the small community. Three years after the chilling incident, a chilling discovery was made some miles away from Ketty. The skeletal remains of the missing teens, Dana and John, were found, putting a tragic end to the lingering hope of their survival. The grim revelation not only confirmed the worst fears but also added another dimension to the investigation. The delayed discovery raised questions about the killer's motives and methods. Why were the bodies moved? Did it indicate a premeditated plan or an impulsive act to avoid immediate detection? The discovery of the missing bodies, although horrifying, provided some closure for the tormented families and the town. Yet, they also deepened the mystery of the Kitty Cabin murders, presenting investigators with new clues, further complicating the puzzle they were desperately trying to solve. Chapter 4 Unraveling Theories and Possible Explanations the horrific nature of the Kenny Cabin murders spurred the detectives and the public to look for motives behind such a monstrous act. Amidst a multitude of theories, one began to gain traction the notion of a personal vendetta against the Sharp family. The focus of this theory rested primarily on the matriarch, Sue Sharp. As a single mother who had recently escaped a turbulent marriage, she had relocated to Kenny seeking a peaceful life for her children. Yet, whispers of Sue's possible secret life began to circulate, hinting at clandestine affairs and disgruntled lovers. Sheriff Doug Thomas and Detective Mike Krim carefully sifted through the rumors, looking for any potential leads. They investigated Sue's alleged lovers, scrutinizing each for potential motives and alibis. However, these paths led to dead ends, deepening the frustration and the mystery. Fuel was added to the fire of the personal vendetta theory by the seemingly deliberate brutality of the murders. The perpetrator had used two distinct weapons and demonstrated a chilling overkill, especially on Sue and her son, John. This heightened savagery hinted at a potential emotional motive, further strengthening the idea of a personal grudge. In the heart of this theory, however, was a chilling notion the killer was likely someone the Sharps knew. The familiarity with the household, the cut phone line, and the precise targeting of victims all pointed towards someone who knew the family intimately. This potential betrayal cast an even darker shadow over the already horrific crime. Despite its compelling aspects, the personal vendetta theory could not offer the investigators a solid lead. However, it served as a testament to the grim possibility that the murderer could be hiding in plain sight cloaked in the familiarity of the Sharps' social circle, 
silently watching as the town of Kenny reeled from the shocking crime. As the investigation progressed and the personal vendetta theory began to falter, another potential motive surfaced a possible connection to the murky world of drugs. The tranquility of Kenny and its surrounding regions belied a darker underbelly, where narcotics found their way into the lives of its unsuspecting residents. This theory proposed that the brutal murders were a terrifying manifestation of a drug deal gone wrong. John Sharp, one of the victims, became a central figure in this hypothesis. At 15, John was described by many as a typical teenager with an adventurous streak. But rumors started to circulate that he had been dabbling in drug use, and some speculated that he had inadvertently become entangled in the dangerous world of drug dealing. Investigators pursued this line of inquiry, delving into John's social circle and activities. However, no concrete evidence was found linking John to any significant drug activity. Yet, the drug connection theory remained a tantalizing prospect, offering a motive that could explain the extreme violence of the crime. The theory also extended to Dana Wingate, John's friend, and fellow victim. Dana was known to have a more rebellious streak, leading some to believe that he might have been the actual target of a drug-related vendetta. As intriguing as this angle was, it too failed to produce any tangible leads. Despite its compelling narrative, the drug connection theory, like the personal vendetta hypothesis, seemed to raise more questions than answers. Its tantalizing hints at a dark underworld beneath Kenny's serene surface added another layer of intrigue to the chilling tale. It served as a chilling reminder of the hidden dangers lurking in the shadows, even in the most unsuspecting of places. Of all the theories that swirled around the Kenny Cabin murders, none garnered as much attention as the Marty Smart theory. Marty Smart, a local resident and close friend of the Sharp family, unexpectedly found himself under the microscope, with many fingers pointing at him as the potential killer. The genesis of this theory lay in Marty's tumultuous relationship with his wife, Marilyn. The couple were known to have frequent, explosive arguments, many of which Sue Sharp tried to mediate. Some started speculating that Marty, a man with a known temper, might have targeted Sue out of misplaced anger towards his wife. Marty's own behavior added fuel to the fire. After the murders, he abruptly left Keddy, moving to Nevada and his hasty departure didn't go unnoticed by investigators. The timing seemed suspicious, casting a dark shadow of suspicion over Marty. Another piece of the puzzle was a strange letter Marty wrote to Marilyn from Nevada, expressing remorse for unspecified actions. This cryptic confession was tantalizing, albeit frustratingly vague, and left investigators wondering if it was a veiled admission of guilt. However, the most damning piece of evidence was a hammer discovered by Plumas County investigators in a pond near Keddy in 2016. Marty had earlier reported a similar hammer missing, and the tool was suspected to be one of the murder weapons. This discovery reinvigorated the case and further implicated Marty, although concrete proof remained elusive. Despite the mounting circumstantial evidence, the Marty Smart theory had its limitations. Without conclusive evidence linking him to the crime scene or the victims on the fateful night, the theory remained just that, a theory. 
However, its enduring presence in the narrative of the Kenny Cabin murders highlighted the complex web of relationships and motives that made the mystery so hard to unravel. Chapter 5 Investigations and Efforts to Solve the Mystery The early stages of the Kenny Cabin murders investigation were met with a flurry of criticism. Sheriff Doug Thomas and his team were put under the microscope, their every move scrutinized by the media, the public, and the devastated families seeking justice. From the onset, the crime scene's handling came under fire. Critics claimed the area was not adequately secured, allowing crucial evidence to be contaminated. The sight of onlookers near the cabin, bypassing the rudimentary barricade tapes, became a sticking point for those scrutinizing the case. As more details of the crime scene emerged, the public questioned the detectives' initial theories. For instance, the absence of any signs of forced entry clashed with the investigators' insistence on an outside intruder. Similarly, the lack of substantive efforts to locate Dana and John, the missing teens, attracted harsh criticism. Criticism also focused on the direction the investigation took. The seeming dismissal of certain leads, such as Marty Smart's suspicious behavior and abrupt departure, stirred discontent. The public and families felt the investigators were not considering all possible angles and accused them of tunnel vision. Sheriff Thomas and his team defended their actions, explaining the challenges of working with such a brutal and seemingly random crime. However, the criticism added another layer of complexity to the already convoluted case. It illuminated the immense pressure and scrutiny investigators were under, highlighting the challenging road they navigated in their quest to solve the Kenny Cabin murders. Years after the gruesome Kenny Cabin murders left a chilling mark on the small town, a promising breakthrough arrived in the form of advanced DNA analysis. While the initial investigation was criticized for various shortcomings, the cold case found new life as the evolution of forensic science offered new possibilities. This new development emerged when a piece of evidence, a strip of tape used to bind the victims, was re-examined. The tape, initially overlooked, was preserved in the case files. Forensic experts, armed with new technology and techniques, extracted DNA profiles from the adhesive side of the tape. The finding brought renewed hope to the investigation. Sheriff Hagwood, who had taken over the case, now had a new lead to chase a DNA profile that could potentially identify the killer. The development ignited a sense of cautious optimism within the community and the victims' families, who had waited for justice for decades. This DNA breakthrough also brought a level of validation to the initial investigation team. Their decision to preserve seemingly inconsequential evidence had opened a new pathway to solve the mystery. The foresight they demonstrated was a testament to their dedication, which stood in stark contrast to the criticism they faced. The DNA discovery was a beacon in the long, dark journey of the Kenny Cabin murders investigation. It represented the ever-evolving nature of crime-solving and the indomitable spirit of justice. Even though the journey to link the DNA to a specific individual was challenging, it was a step in the right direction, shedding new light on a mystery that had long been cloaked in darkness. Even decades after the horrific Kenny Cabin murders, the quest for justice never ceased. 
The case, once considered cold, had seen a resurgence of activity thanks to advancements in forensic science and the tenacity of those unwilling to let the memory of the victims fade. Sheriff Greg Hagwood, a childhood friend of the victims and now the head of the investigation, breathed new life into the case. The discovery of the potential DNA evidence sparked a renewed focus, and under his leadership, the team diligently worked to identify the source of the new genetic material. The investigation extended beyond the borders of Keddie. With advancements in genealogical research and a comprehensive DNA database, the detectives started searching for familial matches that could lead them to the suspect. Despite the voluminous task, their commitment to finding the truth remained undeterred. In the face of the seemingly insurmountable task, the town of Keddie rallied together. The case had always been a painful mark on the community, but the revival of the investigation served as a reminder of their shared resilience. This sense of unity created a positive momentum around the ongoing investigation, a testament to their collective desire for justice. The ongoing investigation into the Kenny Cabin murders was more than just an unsolved crime, it was a symbol of relentless pursuit of truth, even in the face of the darkest atrocities. As the detectives worked tirelessly to find the missing pieces of the puzzle, the spirit of the victims and the resilience of the Kenny community continued to illuminate their path. Chapter 6 Recent Developments and the Current State of the Case as the Kenny Cabin murders investigation pressed forward, new leads and potential suspects began to surface. The combination of advancing technology, tireless detective work, and continuous public interest helped shed light on possible new angles in the case. One such lead emerged when investigators began to revisit the earlier dismissed Marty Smart theory. Despite Marty's death in 2000, his role in the gruesome crime had become the center of renewed attention. Detectives began re-examining his relationships, activities, and most importantly, his cryptic letter sent from Nevada after the murders. On a parallel track, a potential new suspect, a former Keddie resident with a criminal record, was brought into focus. With no clear motive linking him to the crime, this lead relied heavily on the ongoing DNA analysis. Despite the challenges, the possibility of a completely new suspect injected a fresh perspective into the case. Additionally, several anonymous tips began to flood the sheriff's department. While some seemed far-fetched, others provided valuable information, leading the investigators to explore fresh avenues. These tips, though unverified, demonstrated the public's unyielding fascination with the case and their collective desire to find answers. These new suspects and leads brought an invigorating dimension to the Kenny Cabin murders case. While each came with its own set of challenges, they collectively symbolized a moving wheel of justice, tirelessly turning to uncover the long-buried truth behind one of the most chilling crimes in American history. As the investigation into the Kenny Cabin murders continued, the role of the media and the burgeoning world of internet sleuths became increasingly prominent. The haunting story had seeped into the public consciousness, inspiring many to take on the role of amateur detectives in their quest to solve the mystery. Media outlets, both local and national, provided consistent coverage of the case. Their detailed reporting kept the murders in the public eye, 
ensuring that the memory of the victims in the pursuit of their killer didn't fade into oblivion. The media's spotlight served as a catalyst for fresh leads, anonymous tips, and even potential witnesses who may have otherwise remained silent. However, it was the rise of the internet and social media that brought a new dimension to the case. Virtual communities of true crime enthusiasts and amateur investigators started to form on forums and social media platforms. They dissected every detail of the case, analyzed theories, and shared their own perspectives, often illuminating aspects overlooked in the initial investigation. One of the most notable contributions came from an online forum dedicated solely to the Kenny Cabin murders. This virtual gathering place became a hub for sharing and analyzing information. It allowed for global collaboration on the case, something previously unheard of. In several instances, it was these internet sleuths who reignited interest in older leads and provided fresh angles. The role of media and internet sleuths in the ongoing Kenny Cabin murders investigation was testament to the power of collective interest and public involvement in crime-solving. Their relentless pursuit of truth ensured that the case remained active, keeping alive the hope that justice for the victims might someday be achieved. The Kenny Cabin murders had cast a long, dark shadow over the quiet town and the families involved. However, despite the grim circumstances, a glimmer of hope for closure emerged as new developments came to light. For Sheila Sharp, the oldest daughter and one of the survivors, the pursuit of closure was a deeply personal journey. Her childhood had been marred by the horrifying crime, but her resilience had shown through over the years. She became a beacon of strength for other family members and the community, providing them with hope even in the darkest times. This hope was further fueled by the dedicated law enforcement team, led by Sheriff Greg Hagwood. The team's dogged pursuit of the truth, their commitment to the DNA analysis, and their willingness to follow every lead, no matter how unlikely, served as a potent reminder of their unwavering dedication to solving the case. The community, too, rallied in this quest for closure. Candlelight vigils were held in memory of the victims, and the local media ensured the story remained in the public consciousness. This collective effort bolstered the sense of hope, transforming it from a mere sentiment into a powerful driving force. The hope for closure in the Kenny Cabin murders case was not just about solving a chilling crime. It was about healing a community, honoring the memory of the victims, and reasserting the indomitable human spirit in the face of unspeakable tragedy. Despite the many years that had passed, the search for answers continued with renewed vigor, fueled by the conviction that justice, though delayed, would not be denied.